Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello. It's me, Annabelle. We're going to start with an apology this week. I sort of feel like probably most weeks we probably should start with an apology. But this week it's very much warranted. There's been um, a bit of a technical issue. Nothing major. Just Jeff didn't put my microphone on. Um, Quite major. Um, And we haven't been able to have the time to re-record, sadly. So what you've done is you've put it through some kind of magic machine. Yeah, so so, so here's the thing. Uh, Firstly... I admire the grace of you saying we'd like to start with an apology. When you've sat there, you have been wonderful as ever. And then we got to the end and I realised I hadn't recorded your microphone at all. So it's me who should be apologising to you and to the listeners. So to salvage it, I've put it through something which... Uh, basically normalizes the volume. Mm, yeah. So everything should, in theory, be kind of as loud as everything else. Now, the truth of it is, is An- Annabelle sounds like she's um, next door in a very boxy room. In a box. In a box. In, in but a you, box, in a boxy but, room. But you can, you know, you can hear her. It's fine. You just have to strain a little bit. <laughs> Just every time I speak, turn it up a little bit. <laughs> the other problem is something about this whole process. I've noticed. I don't. I almost don't want to point it out because maybe no, people. Don't. Would, okay, don't I'm not going to mention it then. No, don't mention that. But anyway, sorry. If you hear the thing I'm talking about, yes. I'm, I'm sorry about sorry, it. Sorry. And if you don't, then maybe it won't drive you mad. It would drive me mad if I heard it. But if only we didn't record at the very last moment, we might have time to do it again. But this, we just, this is true. There is no time. There left. is. There's not. We went right up to the wire this no. evening. So um, I'm really. Sorry that I didn't remember to turn Annabelle's microphone on. If you'd think, I can't listen to this, it's it's just, it's the worst possible iteration of a, of a, of a drift in that it's just Jeff. It's not, it's not just you, though. No, it's not. Um, so apologies. If you can listen to this, uh, then then take what you will from it. If not, we'll be back as normal next week. Hello. Hello. I was just singing a bit of Delamitri to Annabelle before we started, but unfortunately, for copyright reasons, I can't sing any of his his music to you, the listener. He is. There's a band. Like no, it's one guy, Del. No, just... Della, <laughs> Delamitri. It's not a band. But anyway, thanks 
sing, but you know that I liked that one particular album. Yeah, I can't remember what it was. What was it called? I went to see them, like really, I'm guessing 90, 91, something like that in Liverpool. Liverpool Empire. I would never think to listen to a Delamitri record. And I think, you know, as my music taste got more sophisticated, I probably would have pretended that I never went to a Delamitri concert and never listened to any of their music. You enjoyed it, didn't you? Like that one about uh, American businessmen snap up Van Gogh for a price of a hospital wing. Yeah, very profound. I do, I mean, damning them with faint praise here but it was real music where as a 15 year old or whatever you could listen to it and think mm, yeah they're telling some truths yeah. about the world yeah. learn about the world here through uh what genre would you say they were difficult kind of rock but, but not, yeah but not i mean not like def leopard rock yeah. i mean what Mm, but not indie enough, yeah, really. Yeah. Good at defining music, so I'll leave that. Okay. Um, well, hello, uh, little Delamitri detour that I wasn't expecting. Um, so, firstly, last week when we were sitting here recording the podcast, mm-hmm. we didn't know that uh, Donald Trump would win the election fair and square, which I believe he has. <laughs> I haven't followed. Yeah, I thought, look, if I want the news, I'll get it straight from the horse's mouth. I don't need to be watching these channels, reading these newspapers, looking at Twitter and so on. I'll just see see what Trumpy has to say. Um, David Letterman said that if he was still doing the chat show, he would always refer to him as Trumpy just to get under his skin a little bit. At this point, we haven't seen him speak in an unscripted way since the election. No. That's what I really want to see. Yeah, there was a, there was a night when he came out, maybe the night after or two nights after, and Joe Biden had already made a couple of speeches, and Donald Trump was thinking, "I need to, I need to regain control here," and he gave a by no means measured, but it was it was scripted, scripted speech, yeah. and you know there was some insanity in that. That was quite entertaining, yeah. um, but I want I want somebody to say, "Mr. President, tell us what you think." In your own time. And especially around the time when they clearly wouldn't have had much sleep for three or four <laughs> oh, yeah. nights. I think there was a time where I thought, okay, you've definitely not slept properly for yeah. three or four nights now. I think yeah. now's the time, wheel him out, <laughs> tell him to add live. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a famous episode of the, the the West Wing where there was President Bartlett played by Martin Sheen, and it's you know they they think it's time to finally let the public just see him being himself, let Bartlett be Bartlett, and I think at this moment in history we need them to let Trump be Trump. Mm-hmm. They need to. Well, they do unfit. Not, not no, I know, but there's there's been more filter than we're used to. There's just been his unfiltered tweets, but we haven't seen him just going off doing these hour and a half <laughs> dictator-style press conferences and getting annoyed at reporters and shouting at them. That's what I want to see. I want to see the unravelling. Yes. I, I know that's not nice, I know it's not, but I think it's a fitting... I think we should get to watch the unravelling. Yeah, yeah. Can you imagine how great it would be to be in that White House? I mean, not if you were working for him. But just just watching it unfold, yeah, oh, I'd love to see that so much. I'd love to see it. Anyway, um, Joe Biden. <sighs> Do you know what? I'm not that happy about it. <laughs> what do you mean? I think here's the problem with the Joe Biden victory. Do you want to know? There isn't one. Go on. No, there is, and go no on. nobody is pointing this out. Okay, go 
what is he, 77 years old? 73. He was elected, sorry, 73, is that all he is? Oh, he looks he looks good on it. <laughs> is he only 73? How old did you think he was? Well, I just said I thought he was 77. No, I thought you said 70. No, he's not 70. He's 73. Double check. Joe Biden is um, Swedish for the B-Day. No, he is. He's 77 years old, nearly 78. You're joking. No, I'm not joking. I'm, I've never been more serious about anything in my life. Anyway, so he, he he's he's 77 years old, nearly 78. <laughs> what? You're witnessing something somebody learning for the first time. The president is nearly 80. But I love to you that it makes a big difference between the big difference between 73 and 77. 73 is like... On the verge, like you, you should retire, but you're staying a bit longer. Nearly <laughs> eighty. Is, I, I know. I'm, I'm coming to terms with it. Yeah. Give me another second. <sighs> yeah, he seems totally on the board. He's totally fine. So, so he was first elected to um, to Congress. I think. I, I think I remember them saying on the news the other day, forty six years ago. Wow. I said to Sarah, "This would be a bit like Paul McCartney joining the Beatles at this stage of his career." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, the the point is, so he he's he, he first got elected forty odd years ago. He's seventy seven. He's had a crack at running for president a few times, you know, in the in the uh, Democratic uh, primaries. And the trouble is, loads of people are now going to look at him and think, "Well, it doesn't always happen for you when you're young. You've just got to keep trying." Maybe you shouldn't give up on your dream. You just got to keep trying. If Joe Biden can, can become president at the age of seventy-seven or seventy-eight, um, then then maybe I shouldn't give up on my endeavor. When probably you should. For most people. Yeah. Yes. This is it. Yeah. But but you always look for an exception. It breaks my heart to think that somebody might be striving for something they're never going to achieve up to the age of yes. seventy-eight. Yes. Yeah. 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 Heartbreaking. Yes. Isn't it? Do you remember when I had that idea for um, like an alter ego superhero alter ego called the Discourager? Oh, yeah, yeah. I just see people who've been trying to do something for a long time and it wasn't going well for them, and I just sort of go on in my superhero costume, give them the tap on the shoulder, yeah. and whisper words of discouragement into their ear. Yeah, yeah. It's time. Well, good you can do that. To it's Joe time. Lucky. Yeah, I think there would have been someone else. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, so, so there's that. Um, I gave up on my dreams a long time ago, Me too. and it was the right thing to do. What was your dream? What were your well, my, mine was I wanted to be one of the kids from Fame. Oh. Can you imagine if I was sitting here at 47 years old, still thinking, well, maybe I will get to be one of the kids from Fame? Well, I want to be the Milky Bar kid. So, like, yeah, yeah, more yeah, 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 yeah. Like the the the, the best chance I've got, uh, or the closest I, I could conceivably come to being a kid from fame is if they do a re- reboot I could maybe audition for Mr Shirovsky that's who we're all thinking <laughs> Albert Haig which one was he? Mr Shirovsky that oh, was his right. real name oh, right. yeah that's he also right. he wrote the music for something so I'm trying to think now do you know the Grinch who stole Christmas I, do, yeah. I think he wrote the music for that Fascinating to me. So he really was. But that was was back in the 60s, I guess, that cartoon first came out. And then years later, he became Mr. Shirovsky. Oh, okay. Shirovsky. Remember when Bruno wrote that song, making fun of him? 
called Shisha Shirovsky. Cruel. <laughs> well, that wouldn't happen today. That's cruel. <laughs> um, so, 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 yeah, we're we're, um, we're we're on the other side of Trump's resounding <laughs> victory. Yeah. When they've counted all the legal votes, all the discounted legal all the illegal ones, yeah. um, and then there's this news about the vaccine as well. Mm. Might be happening. It's looking positive. What I found very interesting about this news mm. is that everyone's thing about it is that, oh, so when will we, will we be able to hug people again? That's the thing that every, it all comes down to. You see the press conference, will we be able to hug people at Christmas? What, what is this obsession with hugging people? Yeah. The best thing yeah. about this, yeah. this whole pandemic yeah. is not having to hug anybody. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think... I just, I just can't wait. People I just can't wait to touch my family again. I've never touched my family, <laughs> apart from like, like by accident, brushing past them to get to the fridge or something. Right, yeah. Are we touching my family? What's wrong with people? Yeah, I think there's a lot of people who are very happy not to do the hugs. Yeah, and, and even handshakes. Handshakes. Oh, it's been amazing. Not hand. No, there's been no kisses. There's no. Been no hugs. No, no getting the kisses wrong. No making people feel uncomfortable with hugs. No being judged on your handshake. Yeah, and I wonder if that's something that could continue. I tell you, somebody once said, oh, I can tell what type of school you went to. I can tell you went to a comprehensive school by your handshake. Well, because it wasn't firm enough. Well, you know, somebody who'd gone to a private school and obviously, yeah. He said, I shake hands like somebody with one of those buzzers in the hand, only without a buzzer. I can't even imagine what they mean. I'm so paranoid about my handshake. You do a very firm handshake. Because I'm because scared that people say that it's going to be too limp. Well, Why is that a reflection of character? I'm not me not me um so with the vaccine yeah yeah. i just wish they could put it on a sugar lump have they talked about that 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 yet because i'm not great with needles yes you'll be wanting it on a sugar lump you could ask them to put it on a sugar lump for you why couldn't they i was supposed to go in the blood (laughs) i think i think there are reasons for not going on a sugar lump i just think more things should be in sugar they still put things on a sugar lump they can't do I don't know. No, they definitely don't. More they stuff should be going on. I would take it as a suppository or on a sugar lump. Either either is fine. Okay. Just not on the needle, thank you. Mm. Do you get the flu vaccine? Mm. I, yeah, I haven't this year, but I do usually, yeah. And, and I, I had, the reason I haven't got this year is because I just haven't got around to it. Right, yeah, yeah. this year. <laughs> I really want to bang up the NHS. I'm not going to get it now. Because I, I always think with the flu, being needle phobic, I always think with the flu vaccine. I think So if you get the flu vaccine... Um, you'll feel, you know, you probably feel flu for a few days and then you won't get the flu. Right. Whereas if you get the flu, flu, you might get it, you might not. And if you get it, you'll feel flu for a few days. No, I think I think the difference of the fluiness is quite extreme. Is it? Yeah, it's, it's the not being able to get out of bed and the, oh, I feel like I'm just a little bit tired. Okay. If, if that, yeah. Can you get that on a sugar lump? <laughs> no. I do feel that, you know, and the the people who've been with us for a long time i think this sugar lump comes up with some regularity i think we've had medical professionals explain it to us and i think we're both incapable of retaining it why we can't have all our vaccines on a sugar lump it's obvious because it doesn't then go into the blood does it It just goes into the tummy does it doesn't it seep through through. no 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 because you're not injecting alcohol are you like when you're having a drink of alcohol that goes into your blood look i don't know the details of it yeah I think it, I think maybe it's time to accept that. Okay, what about the suppository? 
Like I don't, I don't want things up my bum. I do consider it exit only, generally speaking. But given a choice between that and somebody stabbing me with a needle and me having to sit there watching all this needle paraphernalia, but then I'm, I can hear them ripping the thing, and then I'm getting panicky. Maybe I could get sedated beforehand. Can you get sedation on a sugar lump? <laughs> Do you know who I want to hear from in these turbulent times? Who? The Drifters. Oh, yes, please. First one is from Ellie. I should preface this by saying that this is the first time ever that I've written into a podcast or TV show, etc. Wow. So I'm very nervous. I don't count the time I complained to X Factor about a racy dance routine during a particularly feisty teenage <laughs> phase. I love it that you did that. Yeah, that's great. I'm also I wonder who it was the same difference. <laughs> I'm also a little late to the party, but after episode 153, that's 153, Mm -hmm. I felt compelled to write. The story from a fellow listener about the Hampshire Amdram murder mystery was so wonderfully... Oh, wasn't it great? It was the best. It my spirits in what had otherwise felt like a rubbish few weeks. It was so funny, in fact, that it prompted a little incident all of its own. You see, my favourite place to listen to your tales is at the gym. I find with you in my ears, the time flies and I barely remember how boring it is. Needless to say, like many, my physique has suffered a little with lockdown and and comfort eating. So when the gyms reopened, I restarted my routine with some vigour, which in particular has included trying to regain my core strength. So two Thursdays ago, there I was coming off the treadmill and hitting the mats and the murder mystery story starts. So I'm in plank. As the story begins, which is fine, gently smiling to myself. But as the story reaches its hilarious heights, I am just cresting a particularly strenuous final round of sit-ups. The last line caused me to literally laugh out loud, which given the strain translated to a very loud snort, guffaw, splutter. <laughs> this got me a few funny looks from the lycra lot on their spin bikes, but I was undeterred and took a moment to compose myself. What was more problematic is that as I lowered myself back to the mat, the story set me off again, and this time the expulsion of air came not just from my mouth, oh no. but my other end. Oh no, oh no. Unfortunately, I'm one of these very crass people that finds farting almost one of the funniest things me that too. ever happen. So, as I'd realised what had happened, this made me laugh harder, setting <laughs> off an ungodly chain reaction of yet more bottom burps. <gasps> Given I wear some excellent noise-cancelling headphones to drown out the <laughs> pitched music the gym plays, I still have no idea just how loud I farted. My descriptions from a prior housemate included like a baby elephant trumpet, so I am not hopeful. Even worse, when I had managed to compose myself, lying on my back at this point, where eye contact with fellow gym goers is impossible, thank God, the waft of what I had done terribly hit my nostrils. It can only be described as pure egg. Such an awful smell was it that as it hit my throat, I couldn't help but audibly retch. Ordinarily, I probably would have adopted a child pose, hiding my shame until closing time, hoping that all who witnessed have gone home. But due to COVID, you've got a designated 50-minute time slot and mine was almost up. So I was faced with having to make a swift exit past those who had accidentally gassed. <laughs> Needless to say, I followed the poor protocol, made no acknowledgement of the incident, Jogged out of there, looking directly in front of my feet as quickly as possible, forgetting my umbrella in the process. 
you know what my dad farts? You always get, I've told you this before. He goes, twist. <laughs> well, I think what it was, I think he was there was some point in his life he was at a card game and it was quite a tense moment and somebody was like, you know, you stick or twist. And they were waiting for this guy to say stick or twist. Right. And he just farted. And that's years and years. It's a later. twist. Yeah, 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 yeah. Years. Oh, I enjoyed that a lot. Um, who'd have thought that someone was listening to this podcast while cresting sit ups? I know. And a plank. Planking. Do you know what a plank is? I, I hear of it, but I, I haven't uh, researched it myself. Okay, you don't need to know. Right, this one's from Nancy. A couple of years ago, when I was pregnant, I visited the dentist who told me that one of my teeth was so rotten that it needed a crown. I thought this sounded serious, but the dentist said we could wait until after I'd had my baby and she didn't want to give me the anaesthetics while I was pregnant. When I had my baby, I had a very difficult labour and became used to midwives being truly comforting to me as I was a bit of a mess. Three months after the birth of my child, everything had settled down a bit. It was winter and I had a newborn, so I'd not been seeing many people or leaving the house much. I finally got round to booking an appointment to see the dentist about the crown which needed doing. When I got to the dentist, it felt strange to be away from my baby and having to interact with people after months of being a new mum at home alone. On reflection, I might have been having trouble remembering how to interact normally with people. The dental nurse handed me those special dentist goggles you have to wear nowadays. I laid me back on the chair with my mouth open. As the dentist looked at my tooth, she explained to me the work which needed to be done. It all sounded quite horrific. First, she would numb my face by putting a needle into my gum. Then she would have to drill the entire outside of my tooth off, leaving only a stump. She then had to take leave me with a temporary covering over the stump for a few weeks, or the mole would sent off for my crown to be made. Then I'd come back, have the big needle in my gum again. Oh, yeah, okay, then she put okay. some industrial strength adhesive onto my toothy stump, which would glue the crown in place. It all sounded like a horrible ordeal. After explaining all of this, the dentist raised the chair so I could sit up for a moment, at which point the dental nurse reached her hand out towards me. I immediately assumed she was reaching out to take my hand in an effort to comfort me at the news of my imminent horrific dental surgery. I thought this was a little strange, but what else could I do? I took her hand in mine, and I didn't want her to think I was rejecting her comfort. As soon as our hands joined, she pulled her hand in mine, looked at me as if I was the stupidest person in the world and said, um, could you just pass me your goggles? It was then that I realised she was simply reaching out for me to hand back the goggles she'd given me. I was so embarrassed, and now looked like I had emotional issues and or was making a romantic move on her. Needless to say, I haven't been back to the dentist since. Uh, um... I love that. It it reminds me of, I've told this before, but I, I used to, when I was courting my wife, who then lived in New York, leave the radio show on a Friday if it was a long weekend bank holiday and get on a motorbike to the airport to get the last flight to New York, which I can't remember what time it was, about eight o'clock or nine o'clock or something. But to get to the airport, I used to go on a motorbike and I would take these bikes. And the first time I ever got on one, I was so excited, so excited oh, yeah. to be like, you know, going on. I'm not, uh, I'm not a motorbiking guy. No. I would never ride a motorbike myself, but to have to get to go on one with someone who knows what they're doing. And I remember getting on for the first time, you put the helmet on, it's got a little microphone in it. You can talk to the, to the uh, driver. And, um, I got on and then put my hands around his waist. Because how else are you going to yeah, yeah, yeah. stay stable? Yeah, 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 of 
when you see people do that, you see in the movie. Exactly. Yeah. He said that's very nice, but if you just look to your side, there are handles. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I know, I know. (laughs) Oh, it's good. Um, Send us your story, please. Hello at adriftpodcast.com. Annabelle? I'm ready for another way in which you are not a fully functioning adult. This is bits of jobs or jobs in their entirety that come flashing to your mind in the middle of the night and it's so <laughs> awful there's no chance of going back to sleep. So in 33 years of working, I'm counting when I started doing a paper round, <laughs> there is one particular bit of a job that still haunts me. So we're going back to the summer of 2001. Labour have won the general election. William Haig has resigned as Conservative Party leader and... Steve Peng is presenting The Breakfast Show. Oh, Peggy, Peggy, Parlez-vous. Now, I've been working there since January at Virgin Radio. Yeah. First on work experience and then as a runner. Truly the lowest of the low in the company. Mm. It's making tea, stuffing envelopes, mopping up spills. Nothing more than that. So when someone asked me if I'd like to help out with something on The Breakfast Show, I assumed it'd be making tea, but much earlier in the day. It was not. They're running a competition, you'll remember this, called Tossers. I do. The premise was a contestant tossed a coin. If it was heads, they were doing a wonderful prize. If tails, a terrible forfeit. So it was a trip to the Edinburgh Tattoo, all have the Virgin Radio logo tattooed on your bottom. Go to a wildlife park in Florida or clean out a giraffe enclosure at the zoo. Go to the Caribbean or smash all your wife's china with coconuts. <laughs> a trip to a top new hair salon or have your head shaved. It was quite dramatic wins or loses with zero build-up. So I think to cover up this lack of build-up, they employed the stand-up comic Andy Collins to do all the pre-coin tossing stuff. This was also because a lot of the coin tossing was done on location somewhere. That's right, yeah. For example, the giraffe one was done at the zoo and the coconut one was at someone's house. But also because the few that did come into the studio, I don't think that Steve Pink ever interacted with them in person. Like he was quite a private broadcaster, wasn't he? He was. He, he would. Um, like, I think he used to like sometimes put newspaper up on the studio windows so people could look at. Some people are like that. They yeah. just like it yeah, very yeah, intimate yeah, yeah, yeah. in a studio. They don't want to feel like they're in a fishbowl. But yes. and and some people, you know, become radio presenters. I think maybe drifters will relate to this because mm. they they don't like. They want to communicate, but they don't want to communicate with people directly. Yes, yes. yes. I think definitely. Yeah. I think you really do get some unusual people. Yes. I'm not unusual, probably quite usual, but yeah, I think... Not the stereotype, though. Yes. If you think about sort of what the stereotype of a performer is, mm-hmm. it's generally not somebody who wants to be any... You think of somebody who wants to be in proximity of an audience, yeah. whereas with radio, you don't have that at all. You're basically in a room talking to yourself. Yes, yeah. And there's a certain type of person who yes. to do that. Yeah. It's interesting. So Andy Collins did all the interacting for him. You might remember him briefly as presenting Family Fortunes, but he also does a lot of warm-up for live audience TV shows. Yes. And he was very lovely. He was so lovely. And what follows would have been far worse if he wasn't lovely. So I was asked to help, and I'd assumed it was tea-making. And I want you to bear in mind the most technical thing I'd done up to this point at work is change a printer toner, and I'm pretty sure I'd messed that up. (laughs) And they asked me to be the outside broadcast engineer for Tossers. And this means on my own, taking all the equipment, not just the mics, but the dish I needed to set up to send a live feedback to the studio. 
But there was this like smallish thing, a satellite dish. That I had to position outside somewhere and then set it up to a certain frequency. I try and explain more, but I didn't understand it then. So I understand it now, 19 years later. Here are the three lowest points. Number one, climbing over the roof of a large shed in Newcastle, desperately trying to get the dish to be in the right place and crying down the phone to the actual engineer who was in bed all minutes before we were due to be on air. The one time, the one time that I set up that dish without any problems smoothly, that was the time that Andy's mic ran out, um, the battery ran out and the mic just... And that's obviously the only interesting bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. The worst of all then, the worst... So it was always me, Andy, and a producer called Jules. You remember Jules? I do. I say producer. She'd actually been Chris Evans's PA when he started yes. the Virgin yeah. Radio, but she stayed on. I don't know why. But she was very posh, very no-nonsense, and a lady of a certain age who kept a shooting jacket in the back of her <laughs> She wore pearl earrings and a barber jacket. She was completely yeah. out of place at Virgin. Yeah. She looked out of place if you were over 30. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Over 30, you got it was like Logan's run, wasn't <laughs> it? it was, yeah, yeah. Was. I remember there was a guy who started working there with grey hair. Yeah. Yeah. We're like, what's what's that? What's that guy up to? Why is he here? We called him Dad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was probably like forty two oh, or something. Yeah, Jules was probably like in the mid thirties. Yeah, I know, I know. I strongly suspect that she was only able to do it because she had a car. Like, yeah. car. And, and we needed someone to drive to all these locations. So Jules and I had driven to a location the night before. We'd parked a car. We packed up the car, rather. Stayed in a hotel. Got up, up at like 4 or 5 a.m. the next day to go to someone's house. And I can't remember anything about what the tossing challenge was, apart from we'd also brought a fake snow machine. Can't remember why. But what I remember very distinctly is getting all the bags together the next day and realising that one bag, the one with like basically all the crucial bits of equipment in it, was missing. It's just the worst feeling, having to go, first of all, tell Jules, and then, worst of all, tell Andy who then had to do the whole thing on a mobile phone outside oh. the house as the reception was bad inside the house. I th- I'd say that I think about that once a week. Really? Honestly. And I can't believe that I ever get, went on to have a career in radio because of it. Like, it was so terrible. It is surprising. <laughs> <laughs> once a week, I would say I think of that and go, oh. I don't know that I would have taken you under my wing if I'd have known. <laughs> Kept it quiet. <laughs> What's this cowboy thing you've been watching that you're telling me to watch? So, well, I mean, I'm, this has been out for like years, months, I don't, a long time. I feel like I'm a bit behind the times even saying it, but Godless is brilliant. It's on Netflix. It's really brilliant. Mm. So good. I know you don't like me. I don't, I don't like Westerns. I don't like cowboy stuff. I like Calamity Jane. There you go. You're going to love it. So there's some singing and dancing in it. No, but you're going to love it. It's so good. 
it's like it's only seven episodes and it's like mm. one tremendously brilliant hugely long film i used to enjoy the saturday morning kids tv show number 73 mm-hmm. it was chaotic it was a bit anarchic i was never a Tizwas kid I always preferred Swap Shot, which I know made me square, but um, I sort of liked number 73. I liked Sandy Toxvig doing the sandwich quiz, Neil Buchanan, um, Dawn, who went on to be this great film director. It was, it, was, it, was, it was really good until the final series. Mm. It was no longer set in a house, number 73. Mm. The gang inherited a disused theme park and... And, and it was it came live from a cowboy saloon, oh. and I think that's where my dislike of the genre comes from. Like, why did they have to ruin Number Seventy Three by setting the final series in a cowboy theme park? It's really weird, isn't it? It's it's almost like the producers of Number Seventy Three were called into ITV for a meeting, and they said. Look, guys, it's over. You've had a good run as number seventy-three, but we're we're going to scrap the show and we're going to uh, we're going to do something different, set in a cowboy theme park. And uh, please, please, just give us one chance. We can do it. We can take our existing format and mould it into the world of a theme park. It's very weird. Um, I'll uh, I'll 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 have a look at it. No, you said you you said you'd watch it. You said. <laughs> can I, I just said, can I tell the listeners you how you've persuaded yeah, me to do it? Yeah. You said yeah. this makes no sense, and it only happened twenty minutes ago. Yeah. You said <laughs> if I show you a picture of me and same difference, yeah. the former X Factor contestants who were mentioned yeah. earlier in the podcast, yeah. will you promise to watch an episode of was it called Godless? Godless? And you went, yeah. So I tricked you into it. <laughs> But you didn't do me a favour by showing me a picture of you and your sister and same difference that I've undoubtedly seen before at some point, but my memory's so bad I've got no memory of it. Lee in your face when I said that I've got a picture. You thought I just photoshopped you. You were like, yes, I, I, did, I did enjoy it. I did enjoy it. I just think that couple were electric. They had so much sexual chemistry oh, between them. <laughs> I'm sorry there was more sexual chemistry between them and uh, than there was Jamie and Cersei Lannister in Game of Thrones. <laughs> Um. Oh, my, my new Roy Anderson. Can I just say, I know the podcast isn't quite um like, or, or at least my bits of the podcast this week on on the loose theme of social awkwardness. It's just me talking. Yeah, really. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to show self awareness oh, okay. here. Um, my new Roy Anderson film came out. I remember me saying I watched a documentary about him called "Being a Human Person." Yes. And he's got a new film, which is available now. You can see it on Curzon Home Cinema in the UK. It's called About Endlessness, and it is very good. But if you've never seen one of his films before, I would recommend starting with either You, comma, The Living, or A Pigeon Sat on a Branch Reflecting on Existence. Okay. Maybe that's the the way in. I think that's perhaps the funniest. Those two are both really good. Anyway, it's uh, it, I, I enjoyed it. Um... Oh, we received an email. In fact, I've had a few emails recently, and I know I touched on this last week, but just to say, I know I've been saying on the podcast of late that I've not been having such a good time of it, and I've been very touched by the supportive emails that people have sent me. Um, 
bordering and overwhelmed and you know i don't easily get emotional about these things sorry i do easily get emotional about these things but thank you thank you for the email uh if, if you sent one uh no judgment if you didn't i think you probably just thought i just wish you'd stop banging on about this stuff it's making me uncomfortable stop alluding to it jeff whatever is going on with you and your mental health bottle it up keep it private, keep it private yeah. like we have done for millennia you do, we don't need these things out in the open. It's probably what most people are thinking. Anyway, uh, I wanted to say thank you for the email that I've received from people being supportive. And uh, I feel that I'm sort of, sort of clawing my way out of it a little bit now. Things are a little bit better than they were. Um, but anyway, in the midst of all that came this email from Abby. And do you remember last week I was saying... Wouldn't it be nice if somebody came up to you and said they enjoyed the podcast or gave you a, you know, if a waiter in a restaurant said, um, there you go, for, for, for madam, we have the mushroom soup and for sir, we have the uh, the avocado. Um, and I just wanted to say big fan of the podcast. And it's never happened. Abby says, I wanted to offer a possible explanation it may well be that due to the nature of the people who listen to Adrift, the people who see you out and about and wish they could stop and say hi are just simply too painfully awkward. She then says, case in point, once in pre-COVID times, my boyfriend and I found ourselves sitting behind you at one of Sarah's comedy shows. Um, and, the, you know, the, this is Alex, a boyfriend who's contributed some fine stories to the podcast in the, in the past. Um, and they, they listen to the podcast before they fall asleep at night. I think, you know, a certain um, a certain bonding happened, a turning of their relationship from friends to friends with benefits. <laughs> and then on to a fully-fledged relationship, romantic relationship, happened, you know, with the podcast playing playing a not a pivotal part but playing in the background of, of all that and she says uh um imagine our surprise when just before the show began you came in and sat right down in front of us they they joked that they might see me there uh it said our delight quickly morphed into crippling anxiety should we say something it looked like you were with your friends what if we were to embarrass you or worse force you into a social interaction you didn't really want to but have felt ob obligated to anyway if we started a conversation one of us either us or you would eventually have to end it what if we then walked towards the same exit at the same time even worse what if in our excitement we did a horrible faux pas uh, an overshare grievous overshare telling you that we listened to podcast in bed before falling asleep so obviously when the lights went up we both turned a deep shade of red and made a mad dash for the door decamping to the pub across the road to anxiously fret about whether he made the right choice it is the thing like firstly i think it would have made me look great in front of whichever friends i was with so i would have would have enjoyed that but on the rare occasion it does happen i think i then get i i I can then be exhausting for people, I think. Because you're too excited and happy. Yeah, and I think, well, somebody's taken the, the time to pay me a compliment. Um, I, I should, you know, take re repay that with, with some time. And as we know, I'm not a great conversationalist. I'm not a great small talker. And I think I can usually manage to suck all the life out of those interactions where people have thought, oh, I, I enjoyed that guy's podcast. I'll... I'll go and say something kind to make him feel better about himself to make him think, how am I going to get out of this conversation? What can I do to exit this conversation? I do. I think that's how it goes. Um, 
thank God for for COVID. That yeah, stop stopping being able to go out. You know, people. You know, we don't we don't see each other out and about. These, I know there are as as we've touched on before, many many downsides. Of you know, on balance, I would rather not have the loss of life, the illness, and the damage to the economy and people's livelihoods and mental states. I'm just saying that you've you've got to look for a positive. Okay, okay. That's all. Now that we're back in this sort of lockdown-ish, it's not. Uh, we we are back. My son and I and my wife sometimes to going to the cemetery with some regularity. It's fine. Uh, if you listen to the podcast during lockdown, I was saying that the the nearest place for us to go out and do our state mandated exercise during first lockdown was a cemetery. Uh, the local park just felt a bit too busy, so we go to the cemetery, which is is sort of like a forest cemetery, not really. really. It's not, it's, whatever you're imagining, it's not like that because I went with you once, and it just it feels like a forest. It's a forest with a lot of old graves in it. It's it's, it's lovely, um, in a gothic kind of a way. Mm. And quiet. it is it's generally quite quiet. But as I mentioned the last time, normally under regular circumstances, it is a place where importuners gather. Right. And it's a place where a lot of people who like to drink during the day out of bottles okay. like like to gather. Yep. And I can't help but feeling that having parents and children is encroaching on their space. Uh, Especially, you know, the masturbators. Please stop saying that. What? You said it so many times last time. But I don't think we should stigmatise the masturbating we, community. Yes, we should stigmatise. If they're doing it in public, let's stigmatise them. But it's... Do you not feel that... It's a community. Uh, no. <laughs> they're not a community. I think they are. No, I think... It's illegal. I think it's a place where people usually gentlemen who want to meet like-minded individuals with similar interests or the same interest i mean the interest is outdoor masturbating whilst looking at other people doing it and uh, you know they, they've obviously had that space for many many years and covid has made them because they're, they're from what i can see they're quite socially distanced Good. usually just see yeah, one on a bench trying to make eye contact or trying to avoid it, depending. Um, anyway, but th th them aside, the, the, the daytime drinkers, I don't think they're enjoying having people turning up with their kids right. either. And yesterday I went to the forest slash cemetery with my son. And my son likes to, to um, hang out on the war memorial, mm -hmm. which he calls the, the elf castle. That's nice. I'm waiting till he's the appropriate age where I say, it's, so it's not just an elf castle, it's here to commemorate those who have laid down their lives for our freedom. Of course. But I think Fool's a bit young to yeah, to yeah. grasp grasp that. Um, or at least I'm, maybe I'm sheltering him, I don't know. Anyway, so we get to the War Memorial and uh, he, he wants to climb up on it, but and there's also a, a street drinker or a day drinker there mm -hmm. who looks like he's he has been in the wars in as much that he's got this injury on his head which he sort of looks like he's out of a horror film it looks like he's been shot in the head and died 
and then he's come back to life as a zombie, but the wound is still there with caked up dry blood down yeah. his face. Yeah, you know, this gentleman hasn't had an easy time of it. No. Like he's he's come back to avenge whoever shot him. <laughs> yeah, like he's risen from one of the graves yeah. in the yeah. in the forest cemetery. So my son sees this yeah. and he says, oh, no. what happened to your head? Oh, he asked into his face what happened. Yeah. Wow. And? Well, I'd rather he hadn't asked that. No, of course not. We don't want to draw attention to it. The guy says, I have to be honest with you. Go on, keep going. <laughs> he says... <laughs> this is ungripped. <laughs> he says, I have to be honest with you. Yeah. To my four-year-old son, he yeah. says, I have to be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. <laughs> says i have to be honest with you i fell over when i was drunk <laughs> and i thought you don't have to be honest with him oh no i appreciate it i mean i like candor oh. i i'm someone who appreciates candor he was telling you but how it is and yeah, how it's not yeah. a good thing and he's one but, like that. but i think he doesn't have to be honest when with him saying i have to be honest with you to a four year, like there are any number of things that you could say to a four year old that they just go, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He was honest, yeah. but he said a bird pecked me. No, that a bird that. pecked me. That is not better. That is not better because then your son's going to be worried about a bird coming down and pecking his head over. I think he would have liked that. He would have liked that idea, that it's imagery. Reaction to that answer, your son took it in his stride, went off, and uh, well, the, what happened next actually was <laughs> so, so, so. No, no, well, it is a little bit, but I think I can. Um, so Gene then. Took that at face value. Didn't doesn't know what drunk is, but didn't have any curiosity about it. And then went off to find a stick or something. Yeah, yeah. At which point the guy started talking to me, yeah. and pretty much his opening gambit was, "Listen, the thing people say about me is that I'm racist, but I'm not. I'm, oh, I'm a patriot." God. I wish he'd left the story. <laughs> Falling over, like, we had a little bit of sympathy. Well, I had a lot of sympathy. I liked him actually. Yeah. I think you could, if somebody said somebody once said to me that I'm a racist, but I'm not a I'm a patriot. Maybe there's a story. Maybe there is a, a pathway through that story which involves him not being a racist. Right. It's unlikely. Yeah, very, but, yeah. but I think if the thing that a lot of people say about me is that I'm a racist, but I'm not a patriot. I, th I think we've got to trust the wisdom of crowds at this point. I think very much so, yeah, yeah. But what I didn't do was then ask a question to invite further explanation. Of not. You're cutting this conversation yeah. off. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're watching Strictly this year. <laughs> yeah. I didn't say that. I just went to uh, follow my son on his set stick. I went, oh, well, good luck. See you later. I hope your head gets better. Yeah, yeah. Problematic at the GLAP clinic. How, how are we doing for these? I know we were running a little, the cupboard was a little bare. We, we'd almost solved every social dilemma and social etiquette, uh, etiquette, etiquette. Where did that come from? I've said that word my whole life and all of a sudden I called it etiquette. I was at a party once and I said the word be beguiling to somebody, but pronounced it beguiling. Oh no, how humiliating. But, but what's weird is it's not like I'd only ever seen that word written down and thought, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a crack at this. I'd said it one way my whole life and then just choked under the pressure. Weird. Sorry. Anyway. Um, so, so, so just 
do we need more of these? We always need more, but there's no major panic. But yeah, okay. we always need more. Okay. Okay, first one is from His Royal Highness Joseph Gorsi. I th- it's because I always used to go gouchy. Yes, and then that yeah, my yeah, yeah, yeah. Like me, an etiquette. Yeah, and beguiling. Today we went for a walk with our four and one year old sons for a bit of lockdown exercise and to feed the ducks. When we got there, it was much busier than we expected. There was a family already on the river where the ducks were, and there wasn't enough room for more than one family to stand there and social distance. We went for a little walk. When we came back, the family was still there and there was no one else there. So we waited. We stood close enough so people would know we were waiting, but not too close to pressure them. When they left, I started walking over, pushing my one year old's trike with our four year old running ahead. Before we got there, another father with his son came running past us and started. <sighs> oh. I let my son take a few hands oh. of duck food and throw it in the duck's general direction. Then scowling at the other family, we left. Is there anything else? We could have done in that situation. Do you not find having your kid there is an excuse to... Say your thoughts out loud. Yeah. That's exactly what I was about to say. All you've got to do there is go, uh, oh, um, yes, Rudy. Um, yeah, oh, do you want to let they... Okay, those people have gone in front of us, but don't worry. It's our yeah, turn. yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's great. It's like you get to say you're in a monologue. Yeah. And but you're not directly confronting somebody. But you're letting them know. Yeah. I mean, I recommend if you don't have a child, if you're a child-free person, getting a puppet for for this very purpose. More people did that, merrier the world would be. It would. It really would. Yeah, it's passive aggressive. Yeah. But as uh, my friend John always says, that's the best kind of aggressive. Mm. Passive. True. True. So I think that's. I can't think of a better solution than no talking loudly to your children. Yeah. It's. I think it's a great solution to, to so many things. Let's go on then to Anon. Mm. I am genuinely interested in male and female perspectives of the following. Location. Empty dentist waiting room awaiting hygienist appointment. Participants. Me, receptionist, dental nurse. The female receptionist and dental nurse are chatting to each other about trying a new gym class that evening. From the time and description, I realised it is one that I attend... And I'm normally the only male in the group. I begin to worry that they will see me in the class and think I overheard their conversation. Oh, God. Oh, God. And to stalk them. Question. At this point, would it have been better or worse to interject and say I attend that class and can recommend it? There's, there's no good thing to do here. But I think, I th- yeah, but I think that it would have been better. I convinced myself that although they would probably not even register my presence during the chat and would not make any association later. However, when my appointment starts, the dental nurse is the one assisting my hygienist. So we'll be spending the next 20 minutes being paid to look closely at my face. So will undoubtedly recognise me later. Question. Too late to say anything now. Should I attend or not? Well, I wonder if there is the perfect opportunity. Because if you butt into the conversation between two women saying, I go to that class. Yeah, yeah. Like that's that's uh, that's a little weird. But on your way out, talking to the receptionist or in the room where the dental nurse is, you can say, "Here's here's a, here's a thing. I overheard you talking about the such and such a class. Zumba. I'm thinking it's Zumba. I I go to that class. Oh, that's too hard. It is hard. I would find it easier the very 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 first time. Be like, oh, oh, I couldn't do it though. But all right, I go to. No, you just don't say anything, do you? Anyway, he carries on. I attended, and they both attended too. 
awkward eye contact was made, uh, in my drifter opinion. Yeah. Update. They both attended the next week's class. Then no more classes after that. Question. Was this all in my head? Or would they have seen me and wondered what I was up to? <laughs> and is there any way I could have approached it differently? Here's what I would do if I were you. So try and get hold of one or both of their names. Look them up on social media. See if they're going to a different class. And then maybe you could go to that class, join in, and then explain yourself <laughs> at the end. I thought of another way out of it. You could have. I don't know if this is possible, but yeah. is there a way of when they attended making it clear that you go all the time? Oh, but what about being really chatty, like trying to be familiar with the teacher, but then yeah. maybe the teacher doesn't notice you every week and they're like, oh, have you, you been before? Yeah. I'm just thinking, is there a way of looking very mm. expert? Like, yeah. Knowing where the toilet is. I don't know. Like, I mean, like at the bare minimum, you now need to change dentist. <laughs> bare minimum. <laughs> bare minimum. Um, he does say at the end, side note, although I am much improved now, my peak drifter achievement is leaving a broken down car where it was and buying a new one. <gasps> Rather than spending ninety minutes sitting next to a driver of the recovery vehicle, I think what we all want. I want to be. Is this no? Is this written out in full? Yes, yes, yes. Oh, that's great! Do you? I need to know the full story. Do you? Definitely. Yeah, we're begging you anon. Send us the full story. We should do an essay writing contest where people, thats they know that's the premise of the story and they write their version and we we get his version as well and see if we can spot which one's the real one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very open to that. Oh, it's so good. It's, it's so good. Um, that that was a, a perfect problematic yes. dilemma as well. I mean, they were both great this week. But, um, yeah, thank you. Um, if you have one, as Annabelle said, we, we could do with some more. So... Email us hello at adriftpodcast.com. And that was our podcast. Thank you for listening. Share your stories with us, as we just said. Share your quandaries for problematic. Uh, your social etiquette dilemmas hello at adriftpodcast.com thanks to man in the echo for the backing music and to emily harrison for the incidental music kim rainey designed the artwork carla gowlett took the photos and i will finish this week by saying uh, could you please just pass me the goggles Podication time, it comes from Pippi. Here's what Pippi has to say. Hi, Jeff no. and Annabelle. No, absolutely not. No. No. Uh, what's with me this week? There's something, isn't there? Can you put your finger on it? It's a bit weird. It's quite low energy, but it's like low energy giddiness. I think that's. Do you like it? I don't like you singing the prodication. Uh, the rest of it, though. The rest of it, yeah, I like it, yeah. Okay. Um, I'm still surprising after all these years. I think it was those opal fruits I gave you beforehand. How many did I eat? Yeah, two. two. Mm. Hmm. I'd like to request a prodication for the lovely members of the Adrift Facebook group. 
I don't know if it's the norm to submit a request for a group of people that I've never met before, and most of whom's names and faces I will never be able to remember, but for a group of socially awkward adults who inhabit a small patch of Facebook sharing fleeting but haunting instances of drifter daily life, they bring me an immense feeling of community and camaraderie. That's lovely. It makes me very happy that that group exists and rumbles on. Yeah, lovely. So, I'd like to ask for a dedication for all the people who've shared fragments of their own awkward encounters, internet memes that sum up the drifter experience better than I ever could, and also those most golden of people, the people who like and thumbs up comments that I occasionally post. Finally, of course, to the admins of the group, and also Joseph Gorsi, whose Friday questions bring pockets of joy to my humdrum life and are a good distraction from work. He's such a good egg. I wonder what these questions are. Can we use them? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's the whole point. That's right. the, the, we've got to leave the Facebook yeah. group to be its own thing. Yeah. We have to, we have to, you know, it grew because of the podcast, if you like, it grew in our womb. Mm. But then once it was born, it, it was left, to, it had to go and fef, fend for itself out in the world. We plugged it a bit in the early days of it, but then it was it was the thing that we had to do. We had to, if you love something, you have to set it free. We set it free. Love Joseph. Really like to see you know, there are some drifters. I mean, I'd love to see all the drifters so. through a window. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking about the, you know, the 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 email before about from Abby, saying how like just how exhausting I can be when I'm talking to people. I was just thinking about that. That's why I said it. But there are some people we used to see with a, uh, a certain amount of regularity because of the radio show. So Joseph would come and see us every now and again, um, but not everybody, you know. But we don't get to do that anymore. Not just because of COVID, but because we're in my attic. And it's a bit weird expecting people to come around my house. Yeah, a bit weird. And, you know, the live show was good for that, actually. We met so many people at the live show and saw some old faces, and maybe we'll get to do that again. I don't know. But um, anyway, I, I, the go, Joseph is somebody who um, I'm, I'm rarely on Facebook, but every now and again he'll pop up, and I know he's not had a, the best time of it. So the last couple of years but things are getting a lot better I think we mentioned his birthday last week didn't we mm-hmm. anyway um, I feel like I've made it about Joseph when it's about the whole Facebook, Facebook group um, as a footnote I'd like to add that on occasion I have posted to the Facebook group and had immediate remorse so I would like to say thank you to the people who've dutifully followed the port protocol when I've become overwhelmed by my own embarrassment and deleted said Facebook comment. Please could this podication be de- extended to them also. Many thanks and all the best wishes. Pippi. They say wishes, wishes a bit funny then. P.S. Jeff, if you recognise my name, which matches your dearest childhood hamster, I do. Um, not just because of the hamster. It was actually an adulthood hamster. Yeah, yeah. I was telling my son about the time I had a hamster and it escaped. Oh, but he loved and, that. and somebody found it walking down the street. Amazing. Um, it escaped from my second floor flat. That story is incredible. And somebody found it on Portobello Road Market and then the took it. Took What's he it. Thinking of? I don't what know. Are you 
I don't know. Um, and then they took it to the RSPCA and it went to a shelter and we and we got her back again. It was really triumphant. Um, I've listened to you for a long time since Pete and Jeff days and had a few publications in my time also, including the one four years ago to my then boyfriend, Greg. <sighs> Greg, I'm glad you got rid of him. He was bad. What? He was bad news. That guy. Oh, well, as an update, we've been happily married for two years now. I knew that. I knew. Um, uh, and I've settled just outside Stockport in the bit where the peaks begin. I wonder which bit. Could that be Romilly? Marple Bridge? Former home of my uh, my late partner, Pete. He loved Marple Bridge. Um Unfortunately, I missed your live show as I was away. But if you both decide to visit Hebden Bridge again, I'll be there with bells on. I do. Both the bells on. I do like the idea that if we the only live shows we'd ever do would be in Hebden Bridge. It's so great there, isn't it? No. Um, Incidentally, I also like to take the front seat of the tram in Manchester on my way to work, and often enjoy watching the tram drivers eat their snacks and wave at each other as they drive by. Yes, I was talking about that a while ago, wasn't it? I think I saw a guy. I can't remember what sweet it was now. If it was Maltesers, but he lined up loads of them on his console next to him, and then had one at every stop. It was wonderful to watch. Lovely. Yeah, Uh, it's probably enough from me. Sorry for the waffle. Keep up the uh, the work. Says Pippi. Pippi, great to hear from you. Um, my son loves hearing about Pippi Longstocking. Have you told Rudy about no, her? Yet, no. There's a bit where she, some robbers break into Villa Villa Coola and she throws them on top of the wardrobe. My son wants to get so strong that he can throw people on top of his wardrobe. He does say a lot of quite violent things like that. <laughs> yeah. He said he wanted to cut his teacher in half and half and eat her earlier on. What? Okay. Mm. Keep an eye on that. Like, I think about Armin Mewis. <laughs> <laughs> Is this how it starts? Wow, that's a name I've not heard from in many years. <laughs> no, I mean, I'll be honest, I just like saying, like, like, just showing that I remembered that yeah, name. Well done. <laughs> uh, we've cut a lot of ground, haven't we, today? Huge Too much, some would say. Pippi, good to hear from you. And hello to everybody in the in the Drifter Facebook group. It, it warms my heart to know that that continues to be a thing. And if you would like a podication, email in hello at adriftpodcast.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.